Will you pray with me? God, let the words of my mouth and the thoughts of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Today, we mark the conclusion of the Christian year with the minimally celebrated and oft-forgotten day of Christ the King. It is the last Sunday after Pentecost, also known as Christ the King Sunday, a church celebration that does occur annually, but occurs in the, the midst of the Feast of Thanksgiving and the rushed anticipation of Christmas. This seemingly dusty and imperialistic holiday, with its patriarchal and hegemonic language of Lord and King, might not lend itself to our attention as we begin to focus our hearts and our minds and our budgets on the splendor of Advent and Christmas. Christ the King Sunday, or the Sunday of Doom, as it is called in the Church of Sweden, is meant to remind us, to remind us of Christ's authority and judgment over all. That the Son of Man has come to reconcile life's ledger, and as the Gospel of Matthew puts it, sending the righteous lambs to green pasture and the accursed goats into eternal fire. The present political scene across this country lends itself quite nicely to the critique of power. Despots reign over the amber waves of grain from sea to shining sea. The conscience of leaders continues to turn from God to mammon. Emperor Augustus has called upon the Quiriniuses of the nation to extract more cash from those at the bottom while saving the pennies of loan sharks. Fear-mongering Herod has become so caught up in his own false narrative that he permits the slaughtering of the innocents, the innocents, though, at concerts and churches. When the Pontius Pilots of our time ask Jesus if he really is the king of the Jews, the crowd yells out, blood and soil. Judas is again plotting to sell out to uh, big oil as he schemes to make money for himself. Perhaps, just maybe, we should give Christ the King Sunday a bit more of our attention, lest we fall prey to these oligarchs and tyrants. In thinking about potentates and presidents, I am reminded of the acclaimed children's book, The Little Prince, wherein the book's main character, The Little Prince, he leaves his planet out of a fit of loneliness. He travels to neighboring planets in search of a cure for his isolation. On the first asteroid or planet that he visits, he finds a power-obsessed king 
who is decked out in purple and whose own ermine coronation robe encompasses so much of the planet that the little prince cannot sit down. He asks to ask the king if he can just pull in a little bit of his robe to make room. The king's finery actually takes up the entire planet, leaving no room for anyone else on the planet, with the exception of maybe a rat. The absence of others on this planet greatly diminishes the king's responsibility and purpose, rendering him essentially powerless. So when the little prince shows up, the king becomes so enthralled with himself that he fails to see the little prince as a person. He immediately calls the little prince his subject and then continues throughout this chapter by barking orders at the little prince. The king failed to see beyond the utilitarian nature of his responsibilities as a ruler. And thus, relationships to the king were only transactional. He had no interest in getting to know the prince, but was instead fixated by the power he could expend because of the existence of the prince. Appreciation for the prince's inquisitiveness or for the prince's own desire to be known was not on the king's agenda. It was not even on the king's mind. The chapter ends as the little prince departs from the king, leaving them both with empty hearts, but leaving us with a gentle parallel between the despots of today and the lonely king on asteroid 325. Today, as we bring the Christian calendar to an end and prepare to kick off a new Christian year with the season of Advent, we must not forget that our king is both judge and the one who comforts he is the one who has the whole world in his hand, yet abides down low with the least of these. The Son of Man certainly sits in the throne of glory and separates sheep from goats, but he's ascended to the throne by first being born into poverty and parented by low-waged workers with questionable citizenship. Christ the King rules all the nations with his scepter and his orb. Doing so, though, as he runs barefoot across the border, under the cover of night, following his own star in the sky. Ruler of all, Jesus the Messiah makes his royal procession on the back of a borrowed donkey. A criminal who hangs from the cross gives the edict from the heavenly kingdom which reads, love, love, love. And to quote the famed 17th century French preacher Bossuet, humility and faith are the only ornaments needed to decorate his temple. This is our king. This is our anointed one. This is our Christ. 
and the one who commands everything from the stars and the sky to the beating of our own hearts. Christ is a king who sees us not as subjects, but as sacred resemblances. Jesus is the one who loves us so much that he is willing to do a lot more than pull in the hem of his robe. The Messiah's eternal mandate is love. Emmanuel, God with us, enters into the world not as a show of power, but as an exemplar of compassion. May we hem in our own ermine robes and shed our purple cloaks so that we can serve and see the least of these, the least of these who is the one true king, who will come to us yet again as a little prince crowned and in a cradle. And thus, by seeing and by serving, we ourselves become little Christs. Amen.